Jersey Joe is back for part two of our crossover as we discuss more of the young and upcoming players for the New Jersey Devils organization, including the rise of Seamus Casey. Is it time to convert him from a defenseman to a forward? There's a lot to break down in part two with Jersey Joe. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. When we look at the defensive pairings for the Devils, you would get Jonas Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton on the top line. I would say you got to make Luke Hughes, John Marino, that second defensive pairing. Then you put Kevin Ball back on the third defensive pair. But now it raises the question, who's going to play on that third and final right-hand side? Is it going to be Brendan Smith? Is it going to be Colin Miller? I want to get your thoughts on Colin Miller. Because uh, we talked about a lot about him during the offseason. I was really excited for him. I thought maybe we could get the regular season type Colin Miller, the one who was tops in defensive <clears throat> point shares with the Stars, blocks, generating some decent hits, uh, skates well, has a great shot. Mm-hmm. But we did not get that version preseason. We got the playoff version of Colin Miller, the one that was a healthy scratch and basically got dealt away for a – 2025 fifth round draft pick right so this is my hunch it's one thing when you start you know not playing well in preseason with a new team because you're still working out the kinks and there's a lot to learn but also once you get used to playing with that defensive coach learning those problems like being too aggressive and when to be aggressive at the right time but you also got to play the puck more than you play uh, the body, because if you want to hit the body, you should aim for the puck so that way you line up the player. So that way you, you aren't out of position that much. But he has to get down on his knees sometimes and you know block more shots uh, going forward into the regular season. And if he is the guy that starts on the third line as that third pair, then it's okay to let him play game in, game out. And then if they decide to have Namesh in, it's good to have Namesh play five to nine games. And maybe he learns something from uh, Colin Miller because you need to have that veteran around that tells you one thing. And then you hear another thing from, your coaches and be like i'll take this on top of that but you're always going to factor the coach first and then the players experiences from when they were their younger years right so obviously it's too early to give up on colin miller but he really disappointed me during preseason he really did but agreed i guess i'd rather i like you said i guess you'd rather have him make those types of mistakes during preseason compared to the regular season. So we'll wait and see. But if that's the Colin Miller we're going to get, then I don't really have high hopes for it. I really hope he does work out those kinks right away because it's either that or Brendan Smith or 
maybe you put or you call up um, the Mets if, if he sent down to Utica to try to work to try to work that out, whatever the case might be. But we'll see what happens. But let's transition from the defense to now the offense. And that is Alexander Holtz. Mr. Holtz. So the thing about Alexander Holtz, here's 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 the um, circumstance for him. Holtz always performs well during prospects challenge, during preseason, during training camp. We saw that last year. In fact, he scored the first goal of the season for the Devils against the Philadelphia Flyers, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but it seems like it more or less might be the same because here's the problem. Training camp, people were raving about Alexander Holtz's skating ability, his improvement. He looks more comfortable out there. And then preseason, he gets off to a pretty good start. But that game against the Islanders, I think anyone who watched the game will tell you, he kind of disappeared. He looked like he was invisible. He was like a, he was like a ghost. He was there, but he wasn't. When and, he- but last year, we talked about him not being afraid to shoot the puck and being relentless in front of the, in front of the net. But this year, could this be a repeat of what happened just this past season? I would hope not as a repeat. I hope he learns from his freshman slump going into a sophomore year and not have a sophomore slump on top of it. He, one of the things I saw in the preseason versus the Flyers on one of the goals that he helped jump in on was that from the faceoff, he looked very comfortable from going from neutral zone back skating into the defensive zone and being able to play long covers, man. And then he goes and he helps uh, chip the puck up from the neutral zone near the, near the wall. And he goes, he hugs the offensive blue line. And then he recognizes, Hey, I know I'm really good from the, the center slot position, and I'm going to go dart in there and I am going to just stick my, my stick blade right down and flick this puck home and score. And you see, that's just a little glimpse of what he can do. Now, at the NHL level, he has to use those small little aspects where you'll see in that article I mentioned, like when you play NHL level, you – have to be supportive along the wall for your teammates. You got to win those puck battles, create those offensive zone entries and possessions for the, for that team that you're on, create those scoring chances, get yourself open for that quiet ice and just make yourself become more available for those high danger chances. And if he can do that on a consistent basis, I have no problem seeing break that breaking that freshman year curse off of him. Yeah, and the thing for Holtz is, and I had a bit of a hot take. I did a Twitter space with uh, the Brat Pack and Ryan Ovazinski, uh recently, and towards the end of uh, my discussion, uh, they they asked like, "What's your hot take?" And I said, <clears throat> "Holtz will improve, but he won't be a big impactful player." <clears throat> That's my thing. I think what everyone hoped that Holtz would become was what Dawson Mercer has now become. Because remember, Holtz was drafted higher during the 2020 NHL draft in the first round. And people were comparing Holtz to Philip Forsberg of the uh, Nashville Predators. But 
fast forward a little bit, who who are we talking about as one of the crucial scoring options for the Devils this season? It's Dawson Mercer. So everything that Holtz was supposed to be, Dawson Mercer has already become. Right. So I think for Holtz and where he might be paired alongside with, I think he might. Could he be on? I mean, we're seeing Mercer being on the on the third line with uh, Palat and Hala. So maybe Holtz will be on the top six, the second line. This is really his last chance. If he's unable to perform on the second line with with uh, Nico Heischer uh, running it, then that's a big red flag, quite honestly, because now they're going to give him a chance, similar to what they did with um, with Mercer, which was Mercer was brought up from the bottom six to the top six, and Mercer balled out. But now for Holtz, show that you're not just now a, a pawn in, in the trade market. You're not just being groomed for a trade market. You could be very valuable to this team. I really hope he does prove me wrong. But for right now, I'm not seeing it. And if this last game against the Islanders was any indicator, I think it's going to be a repeat of last year, quite honestly. So I think Holtz will improve by default because he has nowhere to go but up. But is he going to be like that? high octane goal caliber score that we hope he was when, when the devils first drafted him. I think that, I think that's long gone. One of those things that I wanted him to be from the day he was drafted would be someone that has the potential to score 20 to 30 goals. But last year made me look at him like a 15 goal scorer and maybe 30 assists type player. That's not what I'm looking for. And it kind of makes me wish that we could have gotten Cole Perfetti at that point. But they stuck with Holtz, and I kind of question why did they choose him going forward? And I really hope I'm wrong, but I still see him with his skating much more improved. Yes, he looks lighter and faster, but if he can play a better above average defensive game at the NHL level, he'll be okay. If he's playing with whatever center is, was it Nico Heischer you said? Uh, so I presume that the top line is going to be uh, Tyler DeFoley, Jack Hughes, and Jesper Bratt because they performed really well during the preseason. They have great chemistry. So I'm projecting the second line will be Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, Alexander Holtz, because I think one of the lines that Lindy Ruff rolled with during preseason was Andre Palat, Eric Halla, and Dawson Mercer. I think they put Mercer on that third line just to add some more offense because Palat, his scoring, not spectacular, solid. Halla, more or less just do what he did for Jack Hughes last year, which is take the burden off of Mercer's shoulders. Now, let me put it this way. So since you mentioned – Palat and Heischer on that line. So I mentioned if people Meyer and uh, Meyer Meyer and Heischer. Okay, so he he plays on the Euro line, and Meyer plays that full Sasquatch, tough, gritty area type hockey. Shoots a lot, but also can you know loosen up the puck when on the forecheck. And then he sure can also be a really good playmaker, but also like be a really good passer. And he has really good vision and knows where guys like Holtz will be. Now, if Holtz can match the speed 
of Meyer and Heischer, he'll have no problem being a 20-goal guy, 25-goal guy easily if he can match their speed and get shots off quick, which he can. But if he does not match that speed, what is he worth, 15 goals on the third line? I'd be fine with that on the third line, but like still last year, he could like if he played a little bit more with a leash, with a with a more faster uh, center, he probably would have had a little bit more chemistry. But that's for know. that's for another I day. I don't know about that because and, and it's the same thing I talked to Ben Burnell of uh, Daily Sentinel Sports about. From my perspective, it just looked like he had like cylinders of concrete on his skates. He couldn't keep up. But now it's just, but Ben told me the main problem is just that he's held to a much longer leash when he's with Kevin Deneen in the Utica Commons. Right. And foot speed is everything. And I know he looks a little faster, but like I have to really, like I said about any young player, they have to get at least a five to nine game mark for me to really judge because that's my fair sample size before Tom Fitzgerald thinks I have to move this guy now. And then you bring up a guy like, let's say Nolan foot when he gets uh, reacclimated from Utica after an injury. But at that same time, Max Willman could be one of those guys that gets called up. Yeah, and, and speaking of which uh, Max Willman, he scored uh, a goal in, in the Islanders uh, in the Islanders game. And James Nichols actually uh, pointed this out on the X app. He said, you know what? I think Wilman deserves a two-way deal. And I think a few hours later, it was revealed that I got the email from the Devils PR team that uh, Wilman w- uh, signed a two-way contract with the Devils, and he's going to report to Utica. That was James Nichols who said that, or Nova? I, th- I think James. James, uh, I think it was James. James, uh, I, if I had to uh, make an educated guess, I, I think it was James Nichols of, of New Jersey Hockey. Now, he who also has ties to the Islanders too. Yes. Yes. So this that's too fitting. Yes. Yeah, so and I get the and I get the email a few hours later saying like um Willman was signed to a two-way deal with New Jersey. And and he's been an underrated player that I really liked um in this preseason. And I really think there's gonna be a lot of really good uh scoring depth, not just in Utica, but like for the doubles when they do need a call up. Like let's say there's a there's a break and someone's injured or someone's sick and the devils need someone Wilman's there. And you have a couple other guys uh, from this past preseason camp that can come up at a moment's notice. So it's good to have more than less. Yeah. And the problem with the devils being so good is that it doesn't even matter if players like Hataka or Wilman perform really well, because the roster is already pretty much set. It's a matter of like, who's going to get the final two or so spots because we're talking about the third defensive uh, pairing for the devils on the right-handed side. Then we're talking about who's going to be that middle forward. Who's going to be that middle six player uh, either on the second or third line, whatever the case might be. Um, so yeah, it's just, a, it, it's just interesting because preseason is usually, I guess, a, a a tryout period for some players to try to make the roster. It's a tryout for the guys trying to make the team. It is a fine tune up for those who are already on the team. So that's where I stand with that. so basically there's no real big pressure for the guys that are already proven. Right. So, 
I think for someone like Kevin Ball, he still has to perform really well. I know he's all but made the team. There's no ands or buts about it, but it's just like, I know, but it's just like, think what Cam Danico or Bill Spaulding said on air. It was just a matter of like, can Ball be a solid bound forward defenseman? Like if he performs well for a few games, he'll remain in the lineup. If he performs bad for a few games, he'll be, a, he'll be scratched, but he performed really well during preseason. Now it's him. Now I think the debate is not whether or not he'll be scratched for a few games. It's a matter of, can he play every single game as a top four defenseman? Well, you know what? Just watching him play against the Rangers preseason team. And to me, that game also was like a precursor of the Hudson river rivalry going into this season. If there's going to be a lot of chaos in a preseason game, there's going to be a lot of chaos in a regular season game, let alone that when you throw in a Schmied versus a Shesterkin and they play full games against each other, there's going to be a lot of interesting puck battles going on and different bounces and whatnot. And plus with the, the rock being filled with fans from last season, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting and exciting. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Alexander Holtz. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so we've talked about Nemetz. We've talked about Holtz. We've talked about Hataka. We've talked about Miller. We've talked about all sorts of players. But now I want to get your thoughts on the Devils finishing 7-0 for the preseason. Like, any final thoughts as we head into the regular season? Well, I will I will take it this way. So this is more about those guys. Like I said before in the the early part of the episode, you want to raise your level of compete from the from the bottom up. And it goes from the tryout guys to the guys who are already established. And if you have that kind of momentum, even during camp, like it's also good to see the camaraderie, especially especially for a veteran like Timo Meyer's birthday. And happy birthday, Timo number 28. You're devil forever in our eyes as long as you stay here. And yep. so so uh, at the time of recording, it is October 8th, and it is Timo Meyer's birthday. He switched switched his number to 28. He is the 28th player in Devils franchise history to wear 28. Now, will he be the last player? to wear 28 we'll see what happens <laughs> but uh yeah yeah happy birthday to timo meyer but there uh, we go sorry uh your thoughts but like i i will say this like see, just watching that video of the devil's players surrounding uh timo for his birthday stick tapping i heard was it palat tosses stick or something into the circle um, for me, that, that shows that this team really cares about one another and they're excited for the season to start and they can bring out the war drums beaten to that drum and raising their level of compete and that cardio each and every game playing with jam as some other people like to say, uh, game in game out through that, the 82 games. I don't care about winning the, what was it the president's trophy? I don't want that. I want the Stanley effing cup. That's all I want. Yeah, that's uh, you've established that uh, before. So don't worry. There's still more in store with Jersey Joe. But before we continue, I want you guys to make some extra money. So let me tell you about FanDuel. So snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, 
New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season as it is in full swing. So visit FanDuel.com. And while you're at it, why don't you bet on some New Jersey Devils money lines, props, etc.? So make some extra money with FanDuel, but please remember to do so responsibly. And speaking of seeing the Devils up close and personal, let me tell you guys about game time. So the season is right around the corner. The Devils will be taking on the Detroit Red Wings this Thursday at the Rock to open up their season. Tickets have been selling left and right, and sometimes they've been selling out with the snap of the finger, but game time is here to help. So last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, even cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. So download Game Time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL, L O C K E D O N NHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute ticket deals, lowest price guaranteed. And now, with that being said, let's get back to our discussion with Jersey Joe. Take it away once again. Uh, yeah, and now I guess to close out today's episode, let's talk Seamus Casey. Yeah, let's talk about Seamus Casey or part two of this episode because we've been talking for over 40 minutes. I might have to split this up into two parts, maybe. I think I've already decided that. But anyway, let's talk about Seamus Casey because that guy has been lighting it up in Ann Arbor. But the problem is he's a right-handed defenseman, and let's look at who's in front of him. So you got players like um, you got players like Shimon the Mets. You got players like Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, John Marino, Dougie Hamilton. So the problem here is, is that Hamilton is signed long-term. Marino is signed long-term. The Mets is another young prospect that's in the future plans for the Devils. Uh, Smith and Miller, they might only be here for a year or two, give or take. But there's a huge logjam of right-handed defensemen for the Devils, and there's really only one potential spot to be uh, taken, and that might go to the Mets when the time comes. And the Mets has shown tremendous promise. So that doesn't leave someone like Seamus Casey in a very favorable position if and when he signs his entry-level contract to join the Devils organization and then report to Utica, then be brought up to the roster, whatever the case might be, or whatever Tom Fitzgerald has up his sleeve when uh, the Wolverine season comes to an end. So, so my thing is, my thing is, just given how he performed the development camp, him joining in on the rush, just the toe drags, his deking abilities, his skating abilities, and also his size. He's a little smaller compared to some of the other Devils defensemen. If he would have to gain like twenty or thirty pounds, he, he's an inch bigger than I. Yeah, he would need to, and honestly, look, uh, I don't know the exact number, but I would say he would have to gain anywhere from 20 to 30 pounds if he wants to get up to that same regime as some of the other Devils defensemen, or as like as you like to call it, some Sasquatches out there. So He's, he's a, more of a barista. I don't know what that is, but he's... It, it, I'll explain. Uh, so he's the kind of guy that will mix it up on offense. He'll He can goal score. He can be... A playmaker, so he can be a difference maker. 
where he can dangle around and he can do all the more fun and sexy things uh, on the offense. But for me, like I do look at his shots map. Like if you look at his distribution uh, from Instat, I get to use from the center ice. He can shoot from there very well because he's got a really heavy shot. And you look at from this, this, the, the low center slot, he can shoot at 60%. Basically, six out of 10 uh, times he can do that. And then 46.2% out of the center slot, he can shoot from there. But he really does do much better job at the high danger area. So he can definitely shoot from the wing on the left side and the right side. And I can see him being a forward. Yeah. So that, that was leading into my uh, main question, which is, and you talked about his uh, dangle ability. That's something that a lot of uh, scouts have been uh, raving about. So he's a wizard with the puck. There's no ands or buts about it, but I don't think of him as a defenseman quite honestly. And I think of him more as a more as an offensive uh, forward type of player. So like and I think you might have to switch him to that if you want any chance of if you want any chance of him succeeding at the NHL level. Now, some people have brought it to my attention on social media that it's a bit of a risk and it usually doesn't pan out for certain players when you switch them from a position. I, I remember talking to a college coach uh, back at my alma mater about this. We were having this discussion um, and oh, and fun fact, I was actually talking to um, uh, the brother of uh, Tori Krug, Adam Krug, who is uh, a coach who is a hockey coach on my alma mater. And we were basically just talking about hockey. And, and Krug was telling me, like, it's a little hard to switch such a young player from a position that they've grown up playing. But the one thing about Seamus is that he says he's been trained to play every single position. I think goalie would obviously be the exception. But my thing is, like, he might need to play forward if he wants any chance of having a big role on this team. He can certainly play center, but also play wing. I think if he doesn't want to do face-off draws, he can certainly do the left and right wing. But given the fact that he has really silky hands, he could definitely be a Mercer-type winger, but a little shorter. But Definitely when he makes the transition to playing the wing position, if you just let him play in the AHL for a little bit as a forward, it won't be that long before he transitions as a forward in the NHL. Because if you look at the way he plays at the NCAA, he's already playing at a high level of hockey where kids are 18 years and older. So he's already playing against guys that are more stronger defensively. And he's going to go up against really good goaltenders. And he already knows how to play like a forward. So I'm not that worried. But like when he was drafted as a defenseman uh, very high, he was basically looked at maybe as a steal of the draft, but maybe a boom or bust pick. I think he's more of a boom type player when you get him to the forward position. Yeah, well, do you think it's a risk, though, to switch him to a position like uh, Ford? Like like I said, some people were making comparisons like, oh, just look at this player who swapped positions, didn't 
didn't go too well for him. I, I don't have the tweets up, uh, so I can't really circle back to it. But you- worse, worse comes to worse. You, you play on a good team like the Devils, kind of like Peter Harrell did. Because he played college hockey, and he played forward, and he played defense. And at times on defense, when the Devils were short on the forward end, he was playing on the wing. So that I've seen happen before. And I can see him being that Swiss Army knife. Like, if the Devils are in a logjam defensively, someone's injured during a game, and you have him around, you, you just, you know, play, you can double shift him. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in that regard. So obviously Seamus Casey still has some time before uh, that decision would have to be made, but I'm excited for him. That That's another great draft selection by Tom Fitzgerald. And uh, we'll see if uh, the university of Michigan can actually win the national tournament in, in recent memory. They've gone to back-to-back, uh, frozen fours but let's see if they can actually win the national tournament and as a big u of m guy i hope they get it done so jersey joe i appreciate you taking the time on this lengthy recording to talk (laughs) all things young guys from nemetz holtz hataka uh casey all that where can my audience find you at so you can find me at jersey joe 11 underscore nj you can also find me on instagram at underscore Joe of Jersey, J-E-R-S-E-Y. And very soon I'm going to have an episode of Heads Up Hockey because the season of hockey, Hockey Miss, is going to start. And I took a little bit of a vacation, as everyone knows. Like I don't want to get too much into it in the offseason because it'll just sound like the same thing. But like I look forward to talking about um, – the USHL and NCAA because that's what I'm covering with draft prospects hockey now as their video scout in those two uh, leaks. So I have those responsibilities. So I may not be covering as many uh, prospects from other uh, countries and regions, but certainly the ones inside those two. All right. Sounds good. Jersey Joe. I know we'll see you back on the show at some point, but the season is right around the corner as the Devils will take on the Detroit Red Wings on Thursday, and we're all here for it. And so, I'll be there, actually. You will be there. So Section 24, baby. No, Section 14, row 24. All right. Say hi to Jersey Joe when you get the chance. All right, Joe, thanks, thanks so much once again. All right, thank you.